Hello and welcome back to Panthers for Life Weekly, Spotify's number one podcast for Middlebury College Athletics. It's been another awesome weekend for the Panthers, and we are pumped to bring you along for the ride. My name is Cole, and I'm joined by my friends, Ben, Sam, Dan here. Before we get started, Ben has a few words to share with you. Panthers for Life Weekly fans, it's been a minute. We've missed catching up with Middlebury Panther Athletics, so we'll jump into that now. We're going to review the past weeks of the winter season with a particular focus on this past weekend. Let's dive right in. The women's squash team was on fire this weekend, sweeping the main Nescacks, Bowdoin, Colby, and Bates College, each by a score of seven sets to two. These were huge wins against ranked teams for the national number 17 Panthers, who are now 9-1 and one on the season. Look for their ranking to rise this week. The men's team also traveled to face the main Nescacks, going 1-2 and two overall on the weekend. They currently own an impressive 7-3 and three record and are the national number 23. This upcoming week, the Panthers will face Brown at home Wednesday, Williams and Williamstown on Thursday, and Tufts back at home on Saturday. Looking forward to these big games. The men's swimming and diving team earned a convincing win in their meet against Bowdoin this weekend. First year, Luke McNamara had a big day in the pool, winning both the 1,000-yard freestyle and the 200-yard butterfly. The women's team lost a competitive meet against a strong Bowdoin side. First year, Leah Smith had a day on the diving boards, winning both the one and three meter dives. On Saturday, both teams will host Williams and Hamilton for their senior day meets. Looking forward to this big tilt. After their midseason break, the women's ice hockey team has earned a three one and one record, bringing them up to an eight four and one overall record. The team has won their last two games, sweeping number nine nationally ranked Colby College. First year forward, Britt Naraki was just named NESAC Player of the Week Monday as she scored or assisted on half the team's points in the past week. Naraki scored the game-winning goal on Friday and assisted the tying goal on Saturday to send the game to overtime. The team will face Bowdoin for back-to-back games on Friday and Saturday at Kenyon. The women's hockey team has been rolling as of late. One of their biggest contributors has been first-year Britt Naraki, who was just tabbed as NESCAC Player of the Week. Naraki has been on a scoring tear this season. She currently ranks fifth in the NESCAC in goals and goals per game. Excited to see how Naraki propels this Panthers title defense the rest of the way. The men's basketball team has been on a tear as of late, winning eight of their last nine. The usual suspects, Sobel, Stevens, and Osher, have been at work for the Panthers. All of them are averaging at least 12 points on the season. They're just finishing up on a NESCAC tour with the last two wins coming against ranked Bowden and Colby, respectively. Monday night, they have a huge matchup against Keene State, who are ranked fourth in the nation. On Saturday, they'll play Williams down in Western Mass. Good luck to Pants in their upcoming big game. The women's basketball team has been playing some exciting ball lately. They've won four straight, including two wins against ranked NESCAC opponents, before dropping a close one to Colby College most recently. Sporting their respectable 10-6 and record, the Panthers will take on SLU Tuesday night, followed by rival Williams on Saturday afternoon. The Panthers have an impressive 11.1 margin of victory. I really like to hear that as the Panthers get towards the postseason. Really shows they're a better team than what their record points to. 
Men's ice hockey has had a challenging start to their season, going 1-12-0 overall and 1-7 against NESCAC opponents. Their sole win of the season came back on December 2nd when they beat Connecticut College 3-2. On the 13th, their most recent game, the Panthers lost to Plattsburgh State 2-3, the most recent of several one-score losses. The top two goaltenders, Adam Wisco and Jay Carojo, have been splitting time pretty evenly, with 146 minutes and 140 minutes, respectively. Senior Billy Dubensky leads the team with seven points, one goal and six assists, while sophomore Jin Lee is another bright spot, tallying four goals. The team soon faces Norwich University on the 17th and Colby and Bowdoin Colleges on the 20th and 21st, respectively. The men's and women's track and field teams have gotten off to a strong start to the season, hosting the Middlebury Snowflake Invitational this past weekend. Both teams came in first out of a field of five teams. Although it was only the start to the indoor track and field season, the Panthers wasted no time getting up to speed. Sophomore Mark Matroni and senior Katie Barnes broke the men's and women's 60-meter dash records, respectively. This is Matroni's first record for indoor or outdoor track. We spoke to Barnes at the end of the fall, so go check out Season 2, Episode 8 to see what she had to say ahead of the season. We also had the opportunity to talk to Marco after breaking the record and hear all about his journey as a Middlebury athlete. The Panthers will host the Middlebury Winter Classic next weekend. BFL listeners, we're taking a trip to Trivia Land. Hooray! Wahoo! As you all might now know, Dead and I are a part of the track team. And my trivia question today is again about our teammate who's joined us on PFL before, Katie Barnes. Katie broke the 60 meter record this past weekend, which makes it how many records for Barnes now? Is it A, three, B, five, or C, six? What do my co-hosts believe? Katie Barnes is a beast. Give me six. Yeah, when we spoke to Katie before the season started, she talked about her her eyes are on more goals and more wins for the track and field team. So I also agree with Dan with six combined records. No hate to Katie, but I don't want to be lame and copy my boys, Dan and Cole. So I'm going to go with a solid five because there's no way she has only three records. Like, I mean, some other people in the studio may have zero records, but I know Katie has at least five records. Despite your backhanded uh, comments, (laughs) the answer is B. Ben, you are correct. That is five records for Katie Barnes. Wahoo! That's a record in indoor and outdoor long jump, triple jump, and, of course, the 60 meter. Congrats, Katie, and we hope you continue to improve your best. Uh, all right, so oh, Come on, so man. we now have Marco in the studio with us. So Marco, welcome. Um, and we just want to start off. We usually like to ask this question: Just how does it feel to be the new record holder for the sixty meter dash? And was this a goal of yours going into the race, or just in general for the season? Um, and were you thinking about this record before the race, or at all in your training? And just just what's going through your mind right now? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, like obviously, it's just unreal to have the record. It's like one of those things where obviously, of course, I was thinking about it before the race. And I sort of knew what I needed to do beforehand. 
especially with the talented like athletes we have at the school. But once I actually do it, it's a completely different thing. Like I obviously into going into it thought I, you know, I need, I knew I needed to break the record, but I, I didn't really have, I, I didn't really have many expectations going into mm. it. And um, going into practice, like I just kind of tried to take it day by day and I didn't really try to think too far ahead. Of course, that doesn't always work out. Right. Yeah. You kind of just end up thinking, thinking in terms of Saturday, but I don't know. I, I, I just kind of got lucky that the race I had was, was good because it's such a short race. Really. Yeah. I got lucky that the race I had, I did everything I needed to do. And then I was able to sort of, keep my my start going throughout and reach my top speed at the right time it, it's kind of it's weirdly technical the 60 meters mm. and i was just lucky that it all kind of worked together and i you know i was able to come out with the, the record and so right after you finished the race did you look up and see your time and knew you'd beaten the record or like how long how did when did it yeah. set in it, it, it was kind of stressful because what happened was like i i actually thought i did race very well and i i, I honestly wasn't too sure but what happened was we all cried around the scoreboard like mm all my teammates or whatever and it took like a minute for the for the results wow. to come out so we're just sitting there biting our nails <laughs> like it was just oh my god it was the longest minute of my life and then it kept cycling through and finally it said the times we were all like, ah. like oh that's awesome we all kind of <laughs> we all kind of celebrating like that but a million obviously a million thoughts were racing through my head yeah. it was just like it was one of those things where I, it was actually the longest minute of my life i think very cool and we have the i think a picture of you being surrounded by teammates kind of celebrating i think that'll be the thumbnail of this podcast so listeners can can check that out now but a very, yeah, a very cool moment yeah, yeah and kind of worth it right the longest minute of your life but the fastest 60 meters of your life <laughs> oh poetic here we go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's weird talking for me with you. Yeah, man. Uh, the podcast that's the thing, like, I know all you guys. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Kind of, I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, listen, I mean, we've been really open, I think, on the track team just about how much you've improved since last fall winter. You know, we, we talked about how um, you're just one of the hardest working guys on the team for Brewers at Home. Um, and, and it shows. Like, Marco has went from always, always had this speed, but, but has really, really turned into an elite sprinter for the team. Um, since from the, from last winter to now. Uh, and so what do you, I mean, we're just asking like, what do you credit to your success so far? And I mean, it's, he's going to keep going folks, but, but as of right now, what do you credit to the success? <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's a, it's a, it's a couple of things. It's part like personal choices I made. So I'll, I'll go into that, but it's partially like, you know, things I fixed in the spring and then applied to in the fall, but it's also honestly just the talented like pool of runners we have that are all motivating each other. So it's not only that we have like, like even this freshman class, right. It's not that we only have like the talented group of guys, but they're also motivated. And it not only like, obviously it's like running a track workout by yourself is the most, is the hardest thing to do. And when you're doing it with teammates, it just makes it so much better, especially teammates that are all in such a high caliber of performance. It, it really makes it so much better. And that I think honestly was a huge part of what allowed me to become so, you know, get, get so much better is having these people around me that pushed me to be the best person or the best runner I could be. Obviously they're all, there also were some, some personal choices. So I made a few adjustments, um, you know, after my fall season going into the spring season uh, that I sort of worked with the coaches on what running form and, and little things here and there that sort of amalgamated and, and sort of led to this overall change. It was a couple of little things like not to get too specific, but it was a couple of little changes that I made that helped me out a lot in the spring and allowed me to place a NESCAX in the hundred. And then I sort of took that and what I learned from there, applied that into the fall. And then I was sort of able to kind of ride that wave and then sort of come at it with the same mentality. And it, it just sort of allowed me to be successful. But again, it's not only that, it's also the teammates that I had and and just their drive and their passion and obviously their talent you're talking a lot about your teammates in i'm sure obviously we all know there's a lot of freshman talent in sprints this year first year aiden castanon 
tied the previous record in that same race. First year, Rich Clark hasn't raced yet, but super talented. He could be dangerous as well. Definitely. Yeah. So how are you planning? You talked about this a little bit, but how are you all going to feed off each other this season? What's it like to be at a Middlebury track practice with these guys? Yeah, no, this caliber? no, it's a great question. I mean, again, it's kind of what I mentioned before of like, the, like these guys, like Biddy just did a great job. And obviously we wouldn't want it like recruiting. We wouldn't want it any other way though. You know, it, it's not like we would have wanted, like we, it, it is the best, we're in the best possible situation. The fact that we have someone who came in in his first ever Middlebury track me and tied the record, you know, it just goes to show that like, it's going to be nothing, it, like there's going to be nothing like it. This season going forward is going to be very dangerous. Like we're going to be a dangerous team. We're going to make a statement, not only at indoor NESCACs, but of, of course down the line, right? April 29th at a, at the outdoor championships. And I mean, just the, the kind of what I, I don't really want to repeat myself, but that was what I was saying before about a, a kind of the day-to-day practice. We have all these guys that just are so hardworking and talented that like the end result is that not only are we going to be better as a team, but individually, each one of us picks up each other. And that, that's kind of what I like also having not only the freshman class, but having Aaron back. So Aaron Tobias, right, a junior who was abroad, having him back, he, he's one of those guys that also is just such a team player that, you know, after every rep we're high five and, you know, like, you know, hyping each other up for that. And it, it's the exact opposite of doing a track workout by yourself. Right. Because I can, you know, when I went home for break, I do my workouts by myself and it's like the hardest thing ever mentally to get through. It's impossible. I mean, not it, it's almost impossible, I guess. But once you have those teammates, especially these freshman classes, but just, just in general, it just makes it so much easier and it's, it makes it really fun. Like practice is fun and it should be fun. That, that's really, that's really great to hear. Um, and obviously we've been, been hyping you up on the, on the track in this podcast, but I mean, we we're around campus. We know that you are a man of many talents. You perform in the school orchestra. You're also a talented magician. And obviously you, you run track and play on the football team as well. Um, recently, you held a magic workshop for students. Um, it was great. I attended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need you to. Uh, can you explain your uh, top magic trick for us all, Dan? Actually, so Marco had a really cool trick. And I, I mean, he can go on and on, I'm sure. Uh, but he essentially took two cards. He had me sign one and then another participant <laughs> sign one, who's actually a, a member of the track team another as well. With two cards, he ripped them in half, and then he fused our cards together somehow with magic. I still have the card. I'm gonna frame it and hang it in my room. So that was that was a highlight of my semester so far. Um, but back to Ben's question, real, real quick. I, I know, you know, PFL. We, we're gonna you now preserve your. We want to ask you your secret for magic. Don't worry, <laughs> we'll, we'll preserve that for the listeners. All right, Dan. Bit of bit of a fanboy moment there. <laughs> Getting back to, to my main question. Um, how are you able to balance all of those extracurricular commitments? No, that, that's that's completely fair. It, it, it's kind of funny. I always I always joke around and I say that like if I didn't have all these things, like particularly sports at the end and everything, I feel like I wouldn't really be doing much. Like I kind of always need something to be going forward, and it it, I, 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 it is a little a bit of a hyperbole. I kind of do joke around like oh I'd be a bum if I didn't have this stuff, but there is a lot of truth to it. I think. Um, I also just got lucky with things like magic, things like violin, that I was interested in them at such a young age. So, you know, when, when you're kind of a kid, it's, it's that thing where there's no real objective. You do it because you like you, you like doing it. You know, you, you, may, you might have some goals, of course, but you just do it out of pure joy. I got really lucky that I was able to ride the wave um, past, you know, past my youth and 
on and on and on until it just became part of my daily life. So now when I think about it, like sometimes, you know, it does get in the way of work and stuff. Like I'll be trying to do homework and there's a you know, deck of cards calling my name, but you know, but <laughs> you know, so, so it, it does kind of, it does kind of hurt in, in, in that sense. But I think it just, honestly, it, it, it just, it's the fact that I'm able to do all those because I like it so much. And honestly, track has, track is the same thing. Like I probably would still be doing track if I didn't like it, but because I love going to practice and I love the guys that we have and, and the girls, the, the teammates that we have, it just makes practice so much more fun. And it, the same goes with magic, same goes with violin. And when you do that, it really doesn't, it, it's kind of like the, the, the old cliche of, of, you know, never working a day in your life. If you have a job you love, it's the exact same thing where, you know, when I practice violin, I really do like, I like practicing. And when I do magic, you know, I, I don't do it for any, any prestige or anything. I did it because, you know, I have a very big interest in it. It's been a part of my life for so long. So it, it, it kind of works out in a very cool way, like balance wise, because I don't really need to, to force it. Every, everything sort of has its place. And yes, like during certain seasons, some stuff takes precedent over another. But uh, the good thing about it is that whenever I, you know, kind of feel the need to practice, like it's always out of, out of, you know, enjoyment of the, of the, of the talent, which makes it very fun to do. That, that's really awesome to hear. <clears throat> um, deck of cards calling my name is a crazy line uh, and is definitely going to be my uh, next song title. Um, <laughs> but so you, you recently obviously broke the school record in the 60 meter dash. Uh, the next record I would like to see you attempt is fastest 60 meter dash well fusing dan's cards back together <laughs> what what i just really important question what's your estimated uh pr for that PR for that i'm gonna say from start to finish i'm gonna say i don't say i can get it in 10. What, what <laughs> what be, say, i'm gonna say would it be faster to, to just to do the trick than sprint or like kind of do it while you're jogging yeah. running what i'm gonna have to do right is i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to rip the cards beforehand right okay. get in the starting position all right i'm gonna Ready, set, go, all right? I'm gonna fuse them as I'm running a little bit, get to the 20 meter mark, throw the two fused cards down and then finish uh, the 60. Okay. Yeah, I think we can get it in 10. Awesome. Folks, although that answer sounded really well prepared, we did not script this. <laughs> this is just something Marco thinks about a lot, apparently. Yeah, no. <laughs> going, like, going over every type of situation. What, what if I had to fuse the card and then, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I guess, yeah. So I think for a final question, just looking ahead, like uh, I know there is a, a defined indoor and outdoor season, but it kind of feels like it all bleeds together. And so just for the next couple of months, I mean, you mentioned outdoor, you know, you know, you know the date of the outdoor NASCAC meet on April 29th. Like what are some of your you know, future goals for the rest yeah, of the season? These are great questions, man. These are good questions. I, I mean, obviously I do have some like numerical goals. We do this thing at the beginning of the season where we have sort of like the goals that we want to set and we have a cool kind of team meeting, which I do like. Um, I, I do think that like sometimes um, I try not to think about that stuff, but I, I haven't really thought about it. I'm not going to lie because I'm kind of just like going through it. You're right. It does bleed over like the, the season does bleed into each other, but right now I'm kind of taking it, taking it in indoor strides. If I were to mm -hmm. take a, take a guess though, I, I think that obviously I have, have a lot of room to improve in my 100 time and especially my 200 time, because as you know, um, the big thing I've been improving is my endurance. And that's one thing that has come with time. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I guess just saying, I guess just placement wise would be my goals, um, for, for the 100 and the 200 and especially the four by one, which I think we could do some serious damage on with those, you know, Aiden Castanon, Richard Clark, Aaron Tobias, myself, um, or whatever the final, you know, uh, team is for the four by one. I think we can do so much damage this year. And I honestly, a lot of my goals for that NESCAC meet are like, I, I could have ran a 12 second hundred. I, I don't care. As long as I got, you know, points for my team. 
and the same thing applies with with outdoors so obviously i have personal best i want to go in the, in um in every event outdoors but in terms of strictly the nescac meet um i'm gonna try i, I you know i do a kind of my eyes on all nescac i obviously would nice. like would love to get there um but obviously you know part of that is of course the, the prestige that comes with being an all nescac athlete but of course that's also six to ten points for your team in a in a, in a match that will be highly contested between us williams um tufts and the other nescac teams so at the end of the day, I mean, obviously, I just want to, I, you know, I just want to score points for my team as many as possible. Awesome, great, definitely, definitely an athlete to to watch going through the rest of this winter and into the spring. So thanks again so much for joining us, Marco. It's been a lot of fun, um, and and good luck for, with the rest of the season. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Thank you. That's it for us this week from the Middlebury Campus Studio. And before signing off, my PFL co-hosts and I would like to thank Ali Paquette, Director of Athletics Communications and Jack McGuire, Senior Sports Editor for the campus, for their support in making this podcast. We'd also like to thank Mark Matroni for joining us in the studio for his interview.